Welcome. You are now tuned in to the Real Estate Investing Women podcast. Laura and myself, Liz, are a mother-daughter duo that has a combination of lifetime experience. With Laura having over 35 years of experience in the business, and I came in a little over seven years ago with a more modern and virtual approach to investing. Combined, we create a winning formula. We are dedicated to empowering women as they start or scale their own real estate investing journey. We offer a supportive community of like-minded women, up-to-date training and strategies, and showing you how to build a real estate investing business of your dreams around your lifestyle. We are going to share with you the real deal and real life experiences as it comes to real estate investing. Listen in, and today we will address a specific topic and answer your burning real estate questions. Be sure to email in your questions to be featured at questions at realestateinvestingwomen.com. Let's get started. Hello there. In today's uh, podcast, we're going to address something that a lot of you are wondering about. And that at the end of the day, how do we get these leads to get under contract, right? What is here the scenario that goes behind the curtains on getting these leads? So first of all, you have to understand the nature of the leads. What are you dealing with when you are a real estate investor? You're not dealing with the typical buyers or sellers of regular homes that you find on the MLS, right? You're dealing with people that are going through some type of changes in their life. And this is where it creates opportunity for investors because you come in like the knight in shiny armor trying to save the situation here. So you have to understand that the different dynamics that works in working with these specific sellers that have to be, number one, they have to be motivated. And this is what we're going to go into what I call the three pillars of profitable sellers leads. So like I just stated, motivated. What is uh, motivated? Motivated are homeowners that want to sell their property due to some personal circumstances such as financial distress, divorce, uh, inheritance issues, right? There could be a thousand ways that these motivate sellers become motivated. Um, one of the, the ways is that's why it's very important that you have a conversation with them. That's the first thing you should be doing is that why are they trying to sell? Are they trying to just fish the market to see how much they can get to for their property? Or are they in a situation where they, they will welcome offers? They want to really get something happening as quick as possible. So that's the first thing you have to find out because if a seller is not motivated, right? If they're just out there to ask more than what the property is worth, if they're just trying to fish the market, those are not the people you want to work with right? So you want to work with people that are going for some type of changes because I see a lot of people wasting their time with these investors. They're just fishing the market. They are not really wanting what they know yet. So understanding the motivated seller and working specifically with those is going to save you a lot of aggravation. Now the other thing is going to bring me to distressed properties. Now I want to make a distinction here, right? Sometimes the property can be totally fine but the seller is distressed, motivated, right? Or sometimes the property does need work and the seller is not motivated. So it, the ideal combination is to find distressed properties with distressed sellers, right? Motivated sellers. But that doesn't always happen that way. So that's the thing you say, distressed property. 
properties that need work, right? That need some renovations. There is something there that shows you that are facing foreclosure or they need work to be done in order to be marketable. However, if you don't find a motivated seller attached to these properties, right? You have to educate the seller. Look, I understand that you want as much as your neighbor across the street house, but their house was totally fixed up. Yours is not. So, you know, a lot of time you have to do a little more education process with sellers of distressed properties that are not distressed themselves. They're not motivated, right? So you understand the issue here. Okay. So ideally you want to work with distressed sellers with distressed property, but distressed property can also be a good deals with sellers that are not motivated or distressed, but you have to take the extra time to educate them because a lot of the sellers, you know, they're not really looking at the reality of what their property is about. Okay, they don't see that their property is probably not as nice as the guy across the street that sold for quite a bit more. And so you have to really do it. And those usually need a little more nurturing, following up and so forth, but they're still viable. Now, the third pillar is absentee owners. These are people that don't live in the property. Now, there could be a variety of reasons here. They probably inherited the property. It could be a second home, a vacant property. It could be, you know, something that they wanted to get around to, but they never got to it to fix it up. So it sits in a vacant. So again, there could be a variety of reasons. One thing I always say in real estate is don't second guess yourself. Don't second guess why is this? Or, you know, real estate, honestly, is one of those business that too good to be true is actually true sometimes, okay? You run across the stuff, it's like, eh, there must be a catch here, it's too good to be true. Really not. There really is kind of the perfect situation for you as an investor to come in, okay? So don't second guess it because in real estate, like I said, it's kind of the exception to the rule here. So absentee owner, how do you approach him? Again, a lot of time, first of all, I always say, don't think that everybody wants to be in real estate like you. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, stumble into situation, walk in situation, they inherit the property. They look at the real estate as a burden. They look at the real estate as something that is costing them money. They have to pay taxes. They have to maintain it. They don't even want this house, right? So then you have the absentee that for different circumstances, they haven't got around to it. Or maybe they're renting it out, right? And they just, uh, they're okay with it. But sure, if they get a chunk of money, they would love to uh, let the property sell. So you want to target the absentee owner. So now that takes us to say, okay, this sounds great. I understand um, the motivated sellers, the distressed properties, the absentee owner, but how do I find these people? So the, some of the best way is, uh, you know, one of them, the best ways that I say anybody can do here from wherever you are is driving for dollars. Driving for dollars is back in the days, it was called farming, right? You physically get in your car and drive. Or I had actually a student that bought an electric scooter. You want to save on gas 
and we just scoot around the neighborhood. And the other thing is about scooter, well, granted, this was in Miami, so the weather is always nice. But one of the things is about scooter, he said it gives him really in close contact with the people. So it was easy for him to stop, put your foot on the ground and just talk to the guy cutting the grass or the one walking the dog and stuff like that, right? Because he's already outside. He doesn't intimidate anybody by, you know, stopping the car, getting out of the car and so forth. So some thought there, right? Maybe scooting for dollars could be a good one. But going out there and really looking at your neighborhood, you know, just be curious. Or some neighborhood that you feel like you know, is going through some type of transformation. I remember one time I was driving around with a group of students out in the Chicago, South Chicago area. And uh, we started writing down these homes going through. And there was a lot of changes. They were, gonna, they were building a whole food stores. They were putting a Bank of America around the corner. So there is going to be changes positive changes but the neighborhood didn't quite catch up with that yet but if Whole Foods and Bank of America are going to put their businesses there they know something that we don't right because they do their research so I told the students I was like you know what just send a mailing just do something and blanket this whole neighborhood because there's something going on and sure enough within a couple of years we saw big changes there so that's the thing that you want to do right Dying for dollars gets you in touch with what is going on that you cannot see by sitting by a computer and doing work, you know, because even Google Earth or anything is not as updated. So driving for dollars is a great strategy. A second one is evictions, right? Think about it. If you want to look for quote unquote tired landlords, most of the, uh, the easiest way to fight tired landlords is the ones that obviously are going to file an eviction. And maybe they don't want to deal with this property anymore. They're just tired of it. They're just tired of its tenants, right? Again, not everybody wants to be in real estate. So evictions is also a great source. And how do you find evictions? Well, you can't really buy lists. I haven't seen, honestly, any good list out there that you can purchase online. But it's easy enough for you to find out where the evictions are filed and get them straight from the horse's mouth, from that office. And then we have PPC, which is pay-per-click ads. And you have with Facebook and Google. The only thing is when you do PPC, honestly, this is not for the beginner beginner. You need to have a little bit of a budget. You need to have an infrastructure that to take care of these leads coming in. And when I say infrastructure, it needs to be 24-7. So, you know, if you get leads coming in, but you can get in only 30 minutes, an hour in the evening, or you don't want to work on weekends, that's not good for you. So you need to have infrastructure of somebody, an assistant or somebody that can get to these leads right away because these leads come in, but then if they don't get a response, they move on to something else. And whoever responds first is going to get that. You know, a lot of time, like you see, I don't know if you have ever um, hired somebody on like Thumbtack or one of these places, right? As soon as you start looking for somebody, boom, you get 10 messages because they know that the speed of how you reply to you is probably going to make a difference if they get hired or not. And that's the same thing for pay-per-click. So you have to be really uh, understanding how this works. And so you have to have the right infrastructure and budget because it takes two to three months for you to really build a funnel that's going to make a difference, that you're going to make money from, right? So that's the thing that people don't understand. They think they're going to put a bunch of money into ads this week. Oh, I'm not seeing a return. I'm going to quit. No, it takes a minute of refinement and stuff. And so you have to spend a few thousand dollars to get to the point that ads are going to be profitable and taking leads consistently. So you have to know what you're doing or hire somebody, which is honestly the best way. Who knows what they're doing in running this funnel of ads and have somebody that maintains the infrastructure and answers them as soon as uh, leads come in.
but this is how you get these leads from really being out there in the world to really converting into something that you can use that you can go ahead and write contracts on and move on. So just if you master one of these things, you know, if you understand the concept here, motivated seller with distressed property, absentee owner, and then you, how you find them and maybe drive for dollars evictions or PPC. If you just do one of these things from the category, you will be successful. These are low hanging fruits that anybody can do starting today. So hopefully this was helpful. Uh, we also give you some PDFs and our material here. So make sure you, uh, join our Facebook group and I look forward to getting to give you a lot more content and tidbits of information and thanks for listening to this podcast. Take care. And that wraps up another episode of our REIW podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a listener and we hope you have found today's discussion helpful. If you're looking to take things to the next level or just get started in investing, consider following us on our social media. We are on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it, at Real Estate Investing Women. Or check out our website at www.realestateinvestingwomen.com. Talk to you soon.